0: Hello, welcome to TESOL Pop. My name is Laura. Today's episode is from the archives of late 2020. In this episode, I talked to journalist Danny Higginbotham about using news media in language lessons. Danny taught ESL to primary and secondary school learners in Hong Kong and Korea for seven years before studying her masters in international affairs and working as the web editor for Young Post, a teen-focused newspaper in Hong Kong. Welcome to the show, Danny. Thank you for giving up the time. Thank you for having me. I thought as you spent quite a bit of time working with The Young Post and also teaching young learners using the news in your classrooms, we could talk about this mm-hmm. and share some tips with our listeners today. Cool. A few of the things I'd like to talk about are the benefits of actually using news media, whether it's articles or videos in the classroom, how we can use them. What teachers should bear in mind if they're going to use these types of resources and any resources that you have to share that you can recommend that listeners can try out in their own classes? Mm, cool, cool. So that's yeah, all right? Definitely. Okay. So we we're talking about news media, I'm thinking articles, infographics, videos, not just current affairs, but things that include topics such as TV reviews, reports on games, advice columns. Have I got the right kind of idea? Yeah, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And the main reason behind using these, these kinds of sources is it... it it's more authentic. Um, I've noticed that a lot of the books that students have in the classroom, they tend to be very stilted. And it makes the kids end up with some kind of, um, how to describe it? It makes them sound old. <laughs> mm-hmm. It makes them sound old. It makes them sound unnatural. Um, it's like, hello, Marcus, would you like to go to the shopping mall and buy a pair of blue jeans? And being exposed to this, the actual media and more authentic materials, um, it helps them see the way that people really speak and that way people really write. And then by using a wide variety of sources like news, infographics, reviews, they get more exposure to different kinds writing absolutely different genres and i imagine like if you're using videos of people Mm -hmm. uh, sharing their opinions on a topic they also get to experience different varieties in english whether it's a a speaker from the states or a speaker from nigeria Mm -hmm. so it's not just one version of english that they're being exposed to which is Mm. obviously useful in, in this kind of environment where they'll be traveling and interacting with speakers of english from all across the world right right so aside from it obviously being um a really great exposure of authentic language and, you know, real use of language, what other benefits are there of using these media? It helps them be more informed of what's going on in the world. Um kids kids these days are really politically motivated. They are really tuned into what's going on. Social media plays a big part in that. And they're much more, they're much more exposed to the world and what's going on. And they, they want to express their opinions. You know, uh, when we were teenagers, we had our live journals in MySpace and, you know, we'd be all emo on that. Kids these days are very like politically motivated. Um, There's a lot going on in the world. There's a lot going on in Hong Kong and they like to be informed of what's going on. So it kind of makes them feel important. It makes them feel like, you know, they're a citizen participating in what's going on in the world and kind of puts them like they feel like almost on the same level as their parents. You know, they're like, I'm one of the adults. I understand what's happening and I have opinions on it. Yeah. And you're providing a space for them to share those opinions. Yeah. They may not actually have those spaces, maybe in other areas of their life, perhaps. Right. Right. So obviously news is quite a broad resource. Mm -hmm. And there are many ways in which we can use it in our classes. Could you share how you used it in your classes with your learners? What I liked to do was I would do Monday morning news quizzes. Um, Over the weekend, I would have the kids, you know, they they knew after a while, we kind of established a, a routine that, you know, they would read the news. And then Mondays in class, I wouldn't plan a thing. And I was quite lucky that I had like the most like advanced class. So we were always a little bit ahead. So I had that extra time to play with. And then I would um just ask questions about like, oh, this happened over the weekend. You know, who can tell me about it? And then they were really excited to share and to show off. And obviously it's very competitive in Hong Kong. So there's a little bit of that too. They, you know, and then I also just asked them to share like, you know, what is the weirdest news you read over the weekend? And then, oh, 20 pound carrot was grown in japan or something like that so they kind of had like a little competition between themselves to see who could share the most unusual news (laughs) who knew the most (laughs) that sounds like a really nice way to engage them in finding out like weird and interesting facts that are going on in the world as well yeah it was very fun and then it would always lead us on some like random tangent we did a lot of stuff during the um the primaries for the elections Mm -hmm. so maybe like what one and a half two years ago And they were really interested in reading about it, but they didn't exactly understand American politics, which is totally fair. Mm -hmm. They're 12-year-old kids in Hong Kong. So then it led us to looking up a lot of information about the Electoral College. And then, you know, they wanted to know about the police shootings in the U.S. So then we looked up, like, the history of racism in the U.S. So it just really opened the door to, like, many more conversations that they probably wouldn't have had a chance to, like, be exposed to without having that news as a prompt. With the model that you just described, it sounds like the news media you use with, with this particular class was used to motivate them to do extensive reading outside of class. Mm. So that's a really lovely way to encourage learners to engage in the language and current affairs, like you're saying, all the other wonderful things that go along with that learning.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Are there any other ways that you could use the news, perhaps with um, lower levels that may not be so confident in engaging in authentic, mm-hmm. high-level written pieces mm-hmm. of material mm-hmm. Maybe a bit more support There's a particular website called Newzella, and that's one that you can use. Um, They put not necessarily just current affairs, but very much like it's topical. So there'll be a piece uh, about um, the history of Greece or something like that. And then you can change the difficulty level and how many words it is. So if kids are struggling with a longer one, they can change it to maybe from... 800 words to 500 yeah and then it simplifies it it gives more of just the facts and it it helps them feel a little bit more confident in what they're reading and I can imagine like initially if you're setting up their confidence to read independently outside of class you can direct them to that website maybe even pick Mm -hmm. an article for that week for them to read Mm -hmm. and then share or maybe give them a few options to pick from with some guided questions to support them right 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 exactly and then they feel a little better about reading on their own and then hopefully that would encourage them to explore that further. But I can imagine when I've done things like this with my own learners where I've asked them to research something whether it's reading or, or doing some sort of project and then come of share it in the classroom. I always have a few difficulties in managing who speaks and and turn-taking. So I can imagine there's always those learners that have a lot to say and they're very confident Mm -hmm. and they can tend to lead the conversation. Mm -hmm. What sort of techniques did you adopt to kind of overcome those challenges? That is a real problem because, again, I taught like one of the more advanced classes and they could be very competitive and they'd want to take over the conversation. So one way is to like divvy out like two turns, like, you know, maybe everyone gets two playing cards and then when you speak, you need to give one of the cards. Um, and that means that you only have like two chances to speak, so you better like really make it count. And you can't dominate the conversation. And it sort of like encourages people, oh, who still has both of their cards? Oh, let me hear from you. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a way of keeping track of who speaks. I can imagine you can even do that in smaller groups as well. I yes have a large group of learners which I know some of our listeners may do they may teach classes of 30 40 learners Mm -hmm. I guess you could still use that card system couldn't you in in a group Mm -hmm. and somebody kind of within that group who also chairs the turn taking the number of cards Mm -hmm. that are used, just to kind of manage that turn taking so maybe left out from the conversation yes definitely put like one kid in charge of their little unit yeah yeah that could definitely work in, um, over time as you get to know the nurse. That's definitely something that could work. Um, any other challenges or things that teachers should bear in mind if they're going to be using the news? and um, Using it maybe as a speaking tool or an extensive reading tool in their classes? I, I think the main one is obviously people get really passionate yeah. about you know what's happening. This last year in Hong Kong has been especially tough mm-hmm. um, with the protests and then COVID. So there's just a lot of tensions uh, riding high so um it's probably best to choose news articles that don't like directly have an impact or maybe like lesser impact on where you are facing it if you're going to do any politics it should be outward facing yes right? yes or generic stuff like the environment yeah i guess those kind of more major topics um domestic issues are they okay if they're kind of i know domestic news such as i know new transportation or yeah that's kind of soft news Soft news would be okay. Or they were very interested in learning about like helpers rights mm. in Hong Kong. You know, a lot of them have helpers, obviously. And so they were very interested in learning about, you know, there was that case with the Indonesian helper a few years ago where she actually won the lawsuit yeah. against her, uh, the employer who abused her. So they are very interested in like human rights and social issues, mental health, huge, huge topic. They really want to learn about that. And they're definitely very on the ball as far as like LGBT rights and inclusion, things like that. Mm-hmm. So those are very, are much more open, like welcoming topics mm-hmm. and they're very much apply to Hong Kong. Mm-hmm. So it's a huge conversation in Hong Kong right now. I think so we can say to our listeners, if they're a bit unsure and a little bit anxious about picking the topics and how to go about introducing news, maybe just talk to the head of department in yeah. principal first. Mm-hmm check a few articles past them first to kind of get a feel for what is okay within your school and what they're comfortable with and what parents will be comfortable with as well. Cause obviously you don't want to get exactly because one of the teachers who recently ran a file of the national security law, he actually did a lesson on free speech. I believe it was, it was last year. Yeah. It was way before the law came into effect and now he's been fired and lost his registration and I've looked at I've I've read news about the lesson. I've put up some articles about the lesson, and it 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 was just it was about free speech. Why? What is free speech? Why is free speech important? Yeah. So the national security law is still so new, so it's definitely important to sort of like check with the head, the school head. um Definitely, if you're teaching in Hong Kong, Yeah, you. definitely, definitely that's really good advice. Earlier on, you mentioned uh, New Zella as a great resource that teachers could use if they're wanting to integrate the news into their classes. What other resources could you recommend that teachers could experiment with? I really like BrainPop for explaining kind of more complicated issues to students. It's, uh, I believe that you have to have a subscription for it. Okay. Um, my school had a subscription and it's basically just this, person who's supposed to be a high schooler but who does not look like a high schooler uh, named tim and his robot Moby. yeah (laughs) and they they tackle these like really tough topics like you know they i taught the kids about segregation using one one of these brain pop videos and they managed to do it in a way that's very interesting for kids but that's also informative and um like the, they do it well, they don't try to like sugarcoat anything, so they're telling it to them truthfully, so that was a really great resource whenever we ran into something from the news and they'd be like, "Oh, you know, can we learn more about this?" we' like okay sure let's let's see if it's a brain pop video hmm. and they quite liked it so and that's a nice resource I can use in the class and like build a lesson around mm-hmm.
1: That, mm-hmm. that's a
0: wonderful idea um, and obviously, what about the young post where you write? Yeah, young post is a really good resource. Our primary focus is an educational tool. Yeah. Um, we are mostly subscription, Mm -hmm. uh, and delivered to schools. And so during times, like when, um, we were on suspension or the pandemic suspended schools, um, we put out an e-paper so that, uh, teachers and students could still use us. So we do like listen, we put out listening activities, we put out activities with video, and then you have the comprehension questions to answer. And each day of the week is tailored to a certain set of learners like Monday is for the more maybe lower level English learners who it's very cat's head on the mat type of. And then later in the week, it'll be based more towards the international school crowd. Mm -hmm. Um, Also, it's just, it's, it's a good way to learn about Hong Kong and not just like the big stuff in Hong Kong, but like the stuff was like, here's a teenager who's raising money towards buying masks for refugees Oh, wonderful. So yeah. they can learn about the inspiring things that their peers are doing. Yeah. That's really wonderful that it's not like adult I don't want to say adult news, but maybe yeah. really that learners can see people that are the same age group. Yeah. Um and things that are trending that they could get involved in or maybe mm-hmm. spark their own ideas and yeah. you know, get them to set up a group that may do something similar for refugees and help people in the community. Yeah, kids in Hong Kong are doing some really awesome things. And it's really nice to be able to spotlight that and to share like hey this this teenager started a program to they do advertising for small businesses during covid for free wow yeah and you can do something like this too if you wanted to you know it's it's great so what kind of age group is it aimed at the young post from about 11 to 18 and do you have any particular articles that you'd like business to google um, a search for that, you think, oh no, this would be a good one. Try this one out in your class if you start with the young post. I, I personally like my favorite one I've ever written is about uh, two shop cats in Shangwan. <laughs> I just, it just randomly struck my head like one day, like, oh, what would it be like to be a shop cat in Hong Kong? So I went to this um, little random general store. I really have no idea what, what they sell. There's like candles, there's eyeglasses. He also does haircuts. <laughs> it's like everything. And um, I interviewed these two cats called Dai Dai and Sai Sai. Mm-hmm. And I tried to write the article from their point of view that got changed, <laughs> but I personally, I love it. It's done very well. And it's just very cute. And it's kind of like one of those little quirky Hong Kong things.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like there's so many unique, weird, wonderful things about Hong Kong that it's easy for us to overlook. Yeah. Because you can get so jaded living in this city. And just take things for granted. When you get get used to living somewhere for a while, you kind of forget. Exactly. The things that do, does make it quirky. Yeah. Yeah. So that's probably one of my favorite pieces is about um, the day in the life of a Hong Kong shop cat. Wonderful. And I think that's such a lovely example of kind of a home piece of news that is, You you know, friendly non-offensive it's yeah. a nice thing to start off with that could also be really really engaging for those because he yeah. doesn't love cats yeah and there's some very cute pictures the <laughs> they're very cute so it helps great well thank you so much danny for giving up your time and coming on the show and sharing your insight and how you use the news and the great resources that the listeners can go out and check great thank you for having me appreciate it to check out danny's article on hong kong shop cats and the other resources we talked about then visit the t-cell pop website If you have a question that you would like us to answer, then you can contact us by sending a message on Facebook, Instagram, or the website, tsalpop.com.